Jesus, I love you by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. And once again, uh, you're warmly welcome uh, to today's edition of Minister's Wisdom here on Sweet Melodies 94.3 FM. I have a very singular honor of meeting various servants of God. And I have the privilege of chatting with them about their lives and talking to them, asking them questions. And as they answer, they give us uh, answers to these questions. We learn so much. Um, I believe that my life has been so enriched, um, even with this interview that I do here on Wednesdays. I've had so much. And, uh, but I'm still not satisfied, as <laughs> someone say. So today I have another servant of God in the house. And um, we're going to be chatting with him. So listeners, stay glued to your set. I believe you're going to be so blessed. Today, uh, my, my guest in the studio is Reverend Chris Garber of the Turning Point Ministries International. They are located at Circle. I hear there's a place called Kufor Lab. Um, so, Reverend Chris, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about Reverend Chris Garber. Where were you uh, born and okay. all that? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's not much to say about Reverend Chris Garber, but um, Reverend Chris Garber is born in Ghana here, in Accra. Okay. Um, basically, um, grew up in Newtown. Okay. You know, I, I stayed, I, you know, my mom died very uh, early um, by... Third month, my mom had. So I, I never had the privilege of seeing my mom. Oh, so nice. then I had to stay with a grandmother in Nima for about ten years. Then moved to Newtown with my father. Then there I grew up. Well, um, in, in fact, that was where the Lord called me. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Then I went through school. I went to the university. I'm I'm trained as an administrator. I read BSc Accounting. Uh, from, in Legon? Yeah, in Legon. Wow. In Legon. I was in the business school. Okay. Then from Legon, I had to, you know, uh, work a while. Okay. You know, then I uh, went back to school to do my master's oh, um, in, in Turkey, mm. uh, the Academy of Diplomacy. Then went back to Legon to do another master's. <laughs> I think you like the masters <laughs> in, 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 in also in diplomacy okay. uh, because of my field. What I do also mm. in in in, um, in conjunction with the uh, the work of God, I do. Okay. Yeah. So basically, um, I'm married to um, Mrs. Silver Gaba. She's also a pastor. Okay. Uh, I have two daughters. Wow. And, and and the senior pastor of Turning Point Ministries oh. worldwide. Yeah. I see. That's wonderful. Tell us about growing up in Nima. Uh, very interesting. You know, I you see all sort of characters, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> because then when uh, anybody hears of Nima, I mean, yeah. you're expecting some very hardened guy. It's, it's a matter of choice. Mm. You know, it's a matter of choice. When I was growing up, I, 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 I saw poverty. Wow. You know, and some way, somehow, well, I, I must say that there's one unique gift about me. I am far older than my age. Okay. So at a very younger age, I, I, I took a decision that, you no, know, I, I, even though I am here, but I, I'm not part of them. Wow. So some way, somehow, you know, I, I had friends who smoked weed, I mean, who were on drugs, 
who were bad and all stuff. But I mean, I told myself that, listen, I knew where I was coming from and I knew my situation some way, somehow. Mm. So I, I told myself, no. I mean, what, what made you understand um, those things at such a tender age? Because you said you stayed there for 10 years. Yes, amazingly, I, I, I still cannot function. But later on, I, I, I got to understand that when my mother was pregnant, you know, my mother struggled you know, in, in terms of uh, the fruit of the womb. Okay. So then she was a Catholic. Um, I mean, she and my dad were Catholic, so, so they didn't understand much about the things of God. Mm. So one time my my mother uh, said she, uh, after she got pregnant, the, the doctors diagnosed um, cancer. So they, they told her that she had to uh, abort the pregnancy so that she can go through treatment. And she said an angel appeared to her and told her that this boy is going to do the work of God. Wow. So against family advice, against doctor's advice, my mother did not go through any treatment. She endured the pain throughout the nine months. That's why she couldn't endure further. After the ninth month, she just passed away. So because of that, I realized that as a tender age, the hand of the Lord was Mm, really strong. Definitely. Because I started speaking tongues when I was around seven years. And I didn't know it was tongues. Seriously. Who introduced you to it? Nothing. Nobody. Wow. I will, I will, I will be in my room and I will speak in some strange language. I remember my dad used to tell my aunties that lately I speak some strange language he doesn't understand. And sometimes in my dreams and sometimes I'll be there and I'll just be speaking in tongues. You know, and then I was a Catholic. I was, my father, because my father made a pledge to my mother on mm. the dying bed that I wasn't going to do anything apart from the work of God. And as a Catholic, wow. and as a student Catholic, Amen. you know, men that I was going to be a priest. So I went through Catholic school throughout my GSS, SS, just my father trying to prepare me for the seminary. So even at the Catholic church, I, I was a mass server. I, I, I was in the night of St. John's. I mean, I was in the, I've, 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 I was I taking first communion, confirmation, you know, the Very normalities. Deep, yeah. uh-huh, just preparing me until the Lord called me and said, listen, I have a different path for you. Wow. <laughs> but when you moved to um, Newtown, yeah. was it any different? Uh, it was not different. Mm-hmm. But luckily for me, during that period, I had an auntie. Mm-hmm. who used to, about uh, 15 years ago, used to fellowship with uh, Ray House Chapel. Okay. So then we were, I was still going to the college church. Then my auntie, you know, then till now she was very affluent. So, you know, we were young those days. And if your auntie could give you some money. Of course. Was, <laughs> <laughs> so she told me, I'm, I'm invited to church. The only way I'm, I'm going to give you money is that when you come to church, I will give you money. Wow. So I knew my father would be against the whole idea. So I will go to first mass, okay. and I will sneak Nicodemusly <laughs> to the church. And one time I, I I sat in the church, and she would give me money until one time uh, uh, Reverend Krachyankra picked me out from the crowd and said, "Whose son is this?" I mean, I was sitting somewhere, you know, just waiting for the service to close, and I can so take you my can money. Take your money. <laughs> <laughs> only, only for him to pick me out and say, "Listen, this." Guy is going to do God's way. He's going to he's going to do a lot for the Lord, you know. But before then, uh, I I when I was growing up uh, after that encounter, mm-hmm. you know, after that encounter exactly, I I I I began to go there gradually, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, um, uh, then 
I became um, very zealous for the things of God. Then my eyes got open and, and I began to understand the things of God and all that. So I became very serious with God. But fortunately or fortunately, I was more like a street evangelist. I, I preached in 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 most um, trotro. So those days in uh, Tema circle, uh, they used to call me Ephor Red, the mates. You know, I, I preach in most uh, uh, secondary schools. I uh, on the Malata market, most markets here. I've, I've been a street evangelist right when I had you know been going to Royal House then. Mm. So. I never much involved myself in church activities, but I was most of the time outside, outside. doing more for the Lord outside. Until one evening, and, and I did that purposely because, number one, I just wanted to um, do what Scripture says, that go mm-hmm. in and make all men. I, I, I never wanted to be a man of God. That's my own prediction. I never wow. wanted because I came from a poor background, and about 15, 20 years ago, you, you saw men of God as poor. Mm. You know, so I wanted to. That's, that was one of the reasons I chose. You kept on getting the masters and exactly, piling up uh-huh. the masters. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I understand. I, it. I, I just wanted to. I mean, get uh, business school, do banking and finance or accounting, become a chartered accountant. I mean, get some banking job. Yeah, you land know, you I mean, very and, good, and just be a normal Christian and okay. I mean, serve the Lord. Until one evening, mm-hmm. I. I, I, my stepmother, because my, my mother died, my father remarried, my stepmother owned a shop. And those days, because my father was still a Catholic, but now he's a full member of our church. Okay. But those days he used to be a Catholic, so then he, I, he felt I was disturbing him because I used to wake up at midnight and pray a lot. So my dad one time complained that, listen, <laughs> you are <laughs> disturbing, <laughs> you are disturbing us. Mm. So I told my stepmother if she could give me her store. So I started sleeping in the store, you know, then I could spend more time to pray. So one evening I had finished my normal prayer mm-hmm. around one thirty, two o'clock, about two hour prayer. Then I, a strong wind began to blow. I felt it was going to rain. Mm-hmm. To my amazement, the window got open. I had closed the windows and everything. The window forced open. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, before I started praying, I, I will spend time with the Bible, say one hour, before I zoom. Then I stand on the word to pray. So I had put my Bible, an old Bible. I, I, I should have brought it here. Very, very old. And I had put it on the shelves where the mirrors are. Mm-hmm. Then when the wind blew, uh, no, it, before the wind blew, I felt the hand touch me when I was sleeping. Touched me very hard. I mean, slapped my back. Mm. So I stood up to see whether perhaps my father had come in or somebody. I stood up, didn't see anybody. Then the wind began to blow. Then the uh, the Bible started flipping after the window got open. Then it turned to Jeremiah 1 verse 9. Mm. Where he said, I have touched your mouth. Mm. And he said, I have touched your mouth and I put my word in your mouth. I mean, that night I wept because... I told God, I, but then I was in I was in the first year. I said, God, I don't want to do your work. Wow. I wept that night because, not because I had a visitation, no, but I wept because I was like, God, I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to be a man of God. I don't want to be a man of God. Why me? I mean, why me? You know, I, that, that was a question I was asking through because the following day, my, my stepmother, people in the area started asking my stepmother, ah, is everything okay with your son? We... We heard him cry throughout the night. Is everything okay? My son, yeah. 
Then you were kind of say, no, you know, they are things now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, I wept that night. I said, God, why me? You know, so that is how, then from there, you know, um, I, I, I finished my university, then I moved to Malata, my mother's place, then that's how we. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> Can you pinpoint to the point at which you got born again? Yeah, uh, I really, I really got born again when I was in SS. Okay. I was in SS because then that was when SS1, that was when my, my, my aunt, you know, Started pulling me okay. to, uh, and, and I remember there was one time Uncle made an altar call. I went forward, but that was before uh, he picked me up okay. and said, "Listen, you're going to do God's work." Wow. You know, then um, sitting under his feet about one or two times, I I, mean, I I kind of enjoyed it. So I I was sneak and go, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I would say that maybe an SS, yeah, SS. Did it did it pose any difficulty um, or problem for yeah, you? Yeah, it was because my father beat me several times when my father got to know that I was actually going to Rare House because that was not a path he was carrying. Yeah, to. Uh, to the extent that my father had to go and warn my aunt, you know, I'd be very careful. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I has, it, it posed a, a lot of problem. A lot of, because, you know, our dads said, I will not go to a church that I'm older than. <laughs> you know, very, very funny. You know, so I, I had to sneak. Sometimes I had to uh, pretend I'm going there, then I will just sneak, go there quickly and come back. You know, it was a problem. It was a problem. But how, how, how did you handle all that? Uh, I, I think it was prayer. Mm. It was prayer because, I, and also I believe that uh, the way my dad started seeing me, mm -hmm. you know, in a different light in terms of I, I, I change entirely. I will come back from school and I'll be behind my books and my Bible is beside me. You know, you will not see me with friends. So basically, I'm, I'm sure he noticed that ah, if this thing is working, I mean, why not, uh, why not just leave him to, you know, <laughs> you know uh, I think that was a point that he finally let go. Wow. You know, yeah, yeah. The testimony of your light exactly. shining exactly. before him. Exactly. I mean, he could, exactly. he could see the real, exactly. the real change. Yeah, yeah. Now, if if a young person out there is having a similar problem, yeah. what 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 would be your advice? I I, I I I had the same challenge when I eventually started the ministry in level four hundred. In Lagos, yeah, and and most of the students I started with were some of them were Presbyterians, some of them were other churches, you know, mm -hmm. and some of them were like, I I don't know how I'm going to tell my daddy this thing, and I said, listen, let your life speak for itself. Wow! If your daddy sees that something about your life has changed, he has no choice. Wow! You know, but if if your life hasn't changed, mm. and you said you have. You are coming here, mm -hmm. or you are changing church. Yeah. You know it doesn't then make sense. Uh -huh. So, problem. if there is any young person going through that same challenge, I say let your life speak mm. and pray a lot of prayer, mm. because the Bible says that the heart of a king is in the hands of God. Mm. So, I believe strongly that there, there's nothing God cannot do once mm. you pray about it. You commit it into the hands of God. I believe that God is going to touch whoever. Is taking care of you. <laughs> what uh, is your conviction? Uh, in terms of conviction, uh, one basically would do with uh, 
my encounter. Mm. Um, it, it, it has really uh, reinforced the fact that I believe that Jesus is real. Mm. You know, uh-huh. you see, uh, you, you cannot give what you have not experienced. Mm. You see, mm-hmm. uh, there are many people who preach the gospel, which we appreciate so much. But you see, when you have been through something, mm-hmm. you know, uh, your conviction that backs the preaching of the word is different because you've been there. Mm. I'm, I mean, I, I'm emotional. I'm very emotional. I could be doing this time here. I just broke into tears because, I mean, when I'm, I'm, I'm speaking, I, I, I just look at where God picked me from. Mm. You know, yeah. I, we, 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 I, I came from a very poor background. Yeah. I mean, those days, if you came to our room and you wore a white dress and we gave you a seat, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that you, you might, not, the you color of happy. your dress <laughs> <laughs> might change, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean and, and looking at me today, I mean, it, it tells me that Jesus is real. I mean, unless you've never had an encounter, you see, when, when you have an encounter, it's different. Hmm. You know, uh, that, that, that's why Paul said that I may know him. You know, when you know him, you know, you, 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 your conviction is stronger. I, I was watching an ISIS video mm-hmm. of they, you know, taking somebody's head yeah. off, amputating somebody's mm-hmm. head and all that. Somebody will tell you that they are doing it based on conviction. Yeah. yeah. They believe that what they are doing mm-hmm. is right. Mm-hmm. You understand me? So I believe that we, as Christians, we need to move from just the realm of hearsay. I mean, uh, somebody preach a nice sermon or somebody says something nice and that is it. But I mean, believing you, you that you, you, you ought to pray and ask God that, God, I want to experience you for myself. I want to know you. So my conviction is that Jesus is real and he's, he is the same yesterday. He's the same today. It's, it's not because I heard it somewhere. Mm. It's not because I heard it somewhere, but I have had an encounter myself. On several occasions, I've seen him. On several occasions, he has visited me. On several occasions, he has spoken to me. So if somebody says that, you know, Jesus is not real. I mean, it's just, uh, I was uh, reading the city news the last time about Miss Bell. I said, one prayer I said in my heart, I said, Lord, let her see, see you. you. It's, it's, it's so, I mean, Jesus is so real mm. than people think. I'm telling you. I, I watch your bishop uh, most of the time. And, and anytime my wife and I, I watch him and I, I will be, I'll be in tears. And I said, this is what Jesus wants. But you see, you can do all those things if there's a conviction. Mm. You understand me? Uh-huh. Or else you, you are doing it as though at the end of me, yeah, I'll never do it. Not. <laughs> I, I, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I mean, my conviction is that, you know, uh, once Jesus is in your boat, once Jesus is the one who has called you, he, he makes provision. Mm. You understand me? He, he equips you with whatever mm. you need yeah. for that assignment. You know. Mm. There's something about the knowledge of God that has a way of um, changing a person's life. Okay. I mean, um, talking to different uh, people uh, on this show, and mm. you've also mentioned it. It looks like the knowledge of God is the crux or is the basis for the conviction that Ex- you have exactly. in life. Exactly. You see, prayer is good. But you see, knowledge is what... You see, knowledge plus prayer gives you fulfillment. Mm. 
That is why Hosea said that for lack of knowledge, my people perish. My people, they perish. Mm. You see, when you lack knowledge, mm. you are you are like a dead person. That's right. You you, you understand yeah. me because you become ignorant. You see, I I I I remember doing the same interview on your network, and I was speaking to one of your people, and I said, most of the time, the devil has more knowledge about us than we ourselves have. And I give an example about David. This is David. The father sees him as an outcast. The brothers see him as an outcast. But this same David gets before Goliath. And Goliath changes the battle line from physical, from physical to, the, to, the spiritual. to the spiritual. It tells wow. you that this man, I mean, it, it tells you that the enemy is more knowledgeable. So what I'm saying is that we need to get knowledge. Mm. is very important because because a blind cannot lead a blind you you, you get yeah. me so it is very imperative it's crucial that every person listening to us anybody listening to us you need to get knowledge is is very paramount it's very important but 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 uh currently mm. um i've had a lot of people say that there's there's so much there's a plethora of knowledge out there there's mm. so much information out there and yet the Christian today is paperweight. Uh, the, the problem is that many people don't like to read. They, they, somebody said something. They said, if you want to hide things from Christians, just put it in a book. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, I was sharing with Michelle the last time that a very much lighthouse because I've read over 50 books of bishops. I have them in my shelves. Anytime I, I, I go on the website, I want to find out what is his latest book. You see, but many people are not reading. That's the problem. You see, and many, I, I, I like the internet, but you see, you have to be circumspect when you are on yeah. the internet because then there are a lot of information on the internet where you realize that some of them are not, I mean, they are not solid uh, or constructive. So the challenge is that many people are not reading. You know, the culture of reading, a lot of people are no longer reading. Okay. That's a challenge. But if, we could bring back that, you know. I, those days when I was growing up, we used to have a lot of libraries, but now yes. you hardly hear of, of any, of any of library and all that. Because sometimes, uh, even today, I, I people bring their essays and some of them essays and the rest, and you are like, wow, what have they been taught in school? Exactly. You, you, you understand? Yeah. People write applications and you look at it and like, <laughs> you understand? It's because a lot of people are not reading. Mm. You understand? We need to build a culture of reading. Mm. So, um, if only people can read, I don't. I don't think that uh, Christians will, will be paperweight, mm. or else anything you will just follow. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because you are not reading for yourself mm. to get. You are not gaining the knowledge yourself. yourself. Then uh, any, uh, you hear of this wind, you mm. are there. You hear of this, uh-huh. and you see one interesting thing. I, I, I did. Hinduism. Mm. I did Hinduism. I did Buddhism. And the religions. Yes, I did, you know, because of um, my work as a pastor. Now, there's something we learned in evangelism where you want to witness to a Muslim. You know, all these people have to come mm-hmm. to the saving knowledge of Christ. Mm-hmm. You understand me? Mm-hmm. How do you start witnessing oh, to a Muslim yeah. if you lack knowledge about the Quran? Wow. <laughs> you understand yeah. me? So I had to learn the Quran and something a bit about the Quran, the Talif and all that. You you, you get me? Uh-huh. So we need to get knowledge because we need to 
affect all these people. We need to get to all these people. You know, we need to um, uh, be able to affect uh, even the Hindu, the the Buddhist, or whoever. All of them. All of them needs to be, you know, one for the Lord. It just reminds me of Hosea <laughs> chapter 6. Yes, verse 4. Verse 3. It says, okay. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. Yeah. That's the first part okay. of it. Then shall we know mm. if we follow on to know the Lord. The continuation says, He's going for this repaired as the morning mm. shall come to us as the rain and as the latter and the former rain. That's mm. the part that we like. But yeah. <laughs> what, as you were talking, it just reminded me of just the first yeah. part. Then yeah. shall, shall we, we know, know yeah. if we follow on. Yeah. To know the Lord. Wow. Mm. What a blessing. (laughs) Knowledge of God cannot be exchanged for anything. It it cannot be exchanged for anything. You know, let me chip in something. um, A friend of mine from Zimbabwe uh, was complaining. He's he's a bishop in Zimbabwe. And he was complaining to me about Ghanaian pastors. And I had to apologize on our behalf. That I mean, uh, we come. He said in Zimbabwe, people like... uh, uh, the word, you know, uh, they like the word, they, they like raw power, mm. you know, uh, if it's miracles, you're doing raw miracles, if it's, yeah. uh, you know, uh, and according to him, when Ghanaian pastors come, it's about a contrary direction, and the rest, you know, and I said, well, it's done here, but the, maybe it's a culture problem, mm. but if you're a minister, I travel, mm. so, and you read, you know yeah. that maybe in Eastern countries, this yeah. what they believe in, yeah. in Southern countries, this, this what, what was, it has, all has to do with knowledge. Exactly. You, you get me. Yeah. Uh, when you go to European countries, this how, you know, in Europe, for instance, we, before you lay hands on somebody, you need to ask, this can I, because yeah. that one alone is that I'm to sue him. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody can sue you for it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So knowledge is important. Yeah. It's, it's very important. Very important. Now, l- let me ask you, mm. where do you see the Lord taking you? Or where would you want, where do you want the Lord to take you in the, in the next five, ten years? <laughs> you know, I, in, interestingly, I, one of the things the Lord has told me recently um, has to do with uh, government. Mm. Yeah, and and I don't want to mention where I work because for other reasons, but I've I've come across presidents, I've come across ambassadors, I've come across very prominent people, not in relation to the work of God, but mm. I mean in my just in your secular work. And through my small way, I've been able to use the word to, mm. you know. Uh, so I I believe that in the next five ten years. Um, God wants to place some of us at a very strategic because, you know, it's not everywhere every minister can go, mm. you know. Uh, and, you know, Daniel and, and co were in the seat of government mm-hmm. and they were able to influence government. Mm. You know, sometimes the funny thing is that uh, we are around politicians, even though we are not politics, we don't do politics. Yeah. And sometimes I watch politicians when they are around men of God. And I laugh sometimes because we are around and we know them. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. Uh-huh. And they have a very diplomatic way where you, the man of God, may not even know that, oh, this man is pious. He's, he loves the Lord. Mm. But we are in the inner circle. Mm. So then we can be able to influence. Mm. There are many people in, in, who are presidents of countries who are not born again. I mean, they don't believe. Mm-hmm. Some of them are Hindus. Some of them are you understand? Right. Uh, so I believe that the next five, ten years, God is taking us to a place where we can also 
because of the place God has put us, we can also influence, you know, uh, governments. We can influence people. Uh, I was sharing with somebody the last time um, there was a prophecy given uh, about my life, and they said, God took me where I am because a time is going to come, you're going to lead this nation. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. Mm. So in the next 10, 15 years, if God was to lead, why not? It, it would be Wherever. good to see a man of God. I mean, we, we need people yeah. like in that. Such it, because the challenge about a lot of uh, people is that when it comes to leadership, mm-hmm. maybe presidency, vice president, well, the we'll Christians are running. Uh, no, no, but we'll if we don't take responsibility we well, always have the wrong people leading us mm. and uh, the bible says when the righteous rule the people are happy exactly you know so exactly. in the next 10 5 15 years even though we want to influence the nations for christ we want to win people but i feel that um some of us to god has put at in, in places, those places, places so that we can be able to mm. um affect people maybe uh you cannot walk to the president and tell him that give your life to christ but i can't because i'm closer because to of him. where you are <laughs> that's right that's, you know, what yeah. are what are some of the challenges and the difficulties you have seen especially as you're combining yeah the, yeah yeah it, it, it has ministry. been a challenge because number one challenge in terms of uh, um, let me say some of them may be emotional mm. um, some financial mm-hmm. you know you studying in ministry I mean you need logistics you want to do crusade you want to do this you want to do that which basically every man of God goes through mm-hmm. uh-huh. then sometimes emotional in terms of uh, people mm. you know uh, you have betrayal you People stabbing you, people using you, and all that. But I mean, it's it's part of the work, you know. It, basically, every minister goes through those challenges where you have people rebelling, against you know, you then against you, dividing your church and uh, scandalizing your name. I mean, saying all sort of things, and uh, people trying to dupe you. Uh, some some people, because of where they know I work, sometimes they will come as if they are coming to church, and the next minute they said, "I need a passport." <laughs> I need that, you know, and you know definitely that this guy is not here to. uh So you have those challenges where, I mean, another challenge I would say has to do with um, uh, combining the work. And ministry. And and ministry because, uh, number one, even though I'm I'm a a director, you have to to deliver because you are there to work, you know. And so... Ministry uh, or no ministry. Ministry or no ministry. And sometimes... You can go for ECOWAS meetings, which can go deep into the night. Sometimes you have, you, you understand, so yeah. adjusting all these things. Sometimes you have temporary travels where you have to follow the president this place or that place. You know, so it's it's a juggle. I mean, it's, it's sometimes a challenge. But Do you see yourself going into full-time ministry someday? Yes. If, if No, they, I, I would tell people I'm already in full-time. You know why? Because I tell myself that... My, this is my first calling. Mm. When you come to my place and you ask even the the the, the national security people, he said you are looking. If you call my name, they don't know by name. But if it's a pastor, they know you. Yes, I mean I let people know that this is where I stand. This wow. who I am. So this is my first calling. Wow. So I I I don't think that if God tells me today I I need you to come. There will be any. I mean, problem. it will not be a wow. problem at all. Thank you so much, <laughs> uh, uh, Reverend Chris Gaba. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much thank coming to talk to us. Thank I you want too. you to um, 
Somebody may be listening to us who has not given his life to Christ. Now, listeners, uh, I've been speaking with Reverend Chris Gaba, and um, he shared quite a beautiful uh, story of his life. You know, your testimony just tells me of how powerful God's hand is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if he yeah. can pick you right from the womb, like yeah. he told Jeremiah, yeah. right from the womb. He has already picked you. Mm. I, I want you to talk to somebody listening to us, maybe mm. who has not given his or her life to mm. Christ and lead that person to Christ. Mm. Mm. I, I, I want to encourage um, <clears throat> anybody who is listening to us and you've not given your life to Jesus. I, I want you to know that, you, you know, there's a reason why people uh, crave for other things. You know, mm-hmm. people try to crave, people feel that if I get married, my problem will be solved. Mm-hmm. Some feel that if I go to school and get to some level, and maybe I get a doctorate, then I, my problem will be solved. But you see, when God created man, God placed a vacuum in man, mm. which he alone can feel. You understand mm. me? So when man is trying to change the order, then we want to seek fulfillment in other places, but mm. it cannot give us fulfillment. Mm. That is why people go for material things and other things, but it doesn't give fulfillment. The only one who gives fulfillment is Jesus. You know, so if you are listening to me, you've heard my story, you've heard part of my story. Part. (laughs) Definitely. Part of my story and I want you to know that Jesus is real. Mm. I mean, he's real. If he could pick somebody like me who had no mother, who uh, grew up in a Zongo I mean, I, I had friends, I have friends who are junkies today mm. that, I mean, come to yeah. me, I pray with them and all that. I have friends who, I mean, I, I, and if Jesus could do this with my life, my life is a testimony, you know, I, and, and I want to encourage any youth or anybody that is listening to me. I mean, I, I, I remember when I finished school, SS, no, GSS, my father sat me down and showed me his five hands. And, and said, are these hands the same? I said, no. I said, yes. Some people are born to be poor. I mean, some people are born to be poor. Some people are born to be rich. So, I mean, um, I, can't, I can't continue with you. So, wow. you, you have to think of an alternative. Yeah. You, you, you understand? Yeah. And if, if, if Jesus could turn it's things around... around. I mean, he could do he could do it for you. So I'm encouraging each and everyone listen to it. You have to give your life to Jesus. It's not too late. You may be on drugs. You may be um, having some challenges that you are struggling with. But I want you to know that um, the King has always been waiting for you. Wow. He said, "He said I, I stand in the door and I knock. If you if you open, I, I will come in." He's the one who. Um, who is calling on you? He's, he's saying, "Come to me, either heavy laden, and I'll give you rest." And if you are listening to me, I want you to just stretch of your hands towards the radio set, and I want you to say this boldly after me: uh, "Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, come to you I come to you as a sinner. As a sinner. Forgive, me forgive me of my sins. My sins. Wash and cleanse Wash me. And cleanse Satan, Satan, I no longer belong no to longer you." Belong I belong to Jesus. Now, if you have prayed this prayer, I just want to share with a prayer with you. Father, I thank you for this once. I thank you for the grace that you've given the boldness to even declare you as Lord and Savior of their soul. I pray that, Lord, it will not be a nine-day wonder, but, Lord, it will be permanent in the name of Jesus. Father, glorify yourself in their lives. 
I pray that this step that you have taken will not be in vain. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Reverend Chris, thank you so much for coming on God Minister's Wisdom. And you. thank you so much, wonderful you listeners. Are, you are lovely. <laughs> lovely address. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and wonderful listeners of Sweet Melodies 94.3 FM, thank you so much for sticking around for um, once again listening to Minister's Wisdom here on Sweet Melodies 94.3 FM. Bishop Dag is next. Uh, I believe you will be blessed. So stay tuned.